pleasure of introducing a very dear friend and colleague. Under normal circumstances, I would whip out a curriculum vitae and indicate to you all of the accomplishments. The fact remains that Rabbi Shochet certainly needs no introduction to this congregation, nor to the entire community, nor for that matter, to many, many communities throughout the world. And I use that term very advisedly. He has spoken and lectured extensively on a variety of subjects, invariably engendering some heated discussions. Chazal tell us that kol tamid chochem sheina koshe kabarazil eno tamid chochem. That a scholar or anyone who has pretenses to being a scholar, who is not hard as iron, cannot have such pretenses. Is indeed not a scholar. And of course, the commentaries ask the obvious question. Do we think in terms of a scholar as being rigid, inflexible, cold, unbending, unyielding? That would be a criticism of the Talmud Chacham rather than a virtue. In fact, suggest the commentaries that there are two aspects to a scholar. The first is that when it comes to principles, when it comes to ideals, he is indeed rigid, inflexible. But when heat is applied to iron, iron becomes malleable. When a question arises concerning the love, the feelings that one has for Am Yisrael, then there has to be warmth, love, kindness, understanding, and yes, forgiveness. I've known our guest speaker for the past 14 years, as a colleague and as a friend. And the best way to introduce him is someone who fulfills, on both counts, the definition of Talmud Chacham, a scholar in Israel. My pleasure to present my dear friend and colleague, Harav Emanuel Shochet. Thank you, Rabbi Hoshendetz. Just want to know whether to modify my lecture tonight accordingly. I'll begin with a story, as usual, but this time not a Hasidic story, but a story from the Medrash. Matuno Achas. Shoalo is Rabbi Yossi ben Patrachia, a prominent woman, not Jewish, who loved to have philosophical discussions with the rabbis, once asked Rabbi Yossi Bachalafto, the Kama Yomim Boa Kodesh Bohu is Elomai, how God to create the world? Rabbi Yossi looked at her and he said, it took him six days. As the scripture says, Kishesh is Yomim, also Hashem is a Shamayim, for God made the world, the heavens and the earth, 
in six days. And she asked him, tell me, Rabbi, and what is God doing ever since then? If he did such a great job, such a big job, the whole universe in six days, many thousands of years have passed since, what is he occupied with since then? And Rabbi Yossi answered her and he said, Yoshef umezavik zivugim. Ever since then, God is busy making zivugim, shiduchim, putting together. Bas ploinili ploini, the daughter of so-and-so for so-and-so. Aishas ploinili ploini, the wife of so-and-so to so-and-so. Moment ploinili ploini, the money of so-and-so to so-and-so. God is busy putting things together. So she was very surprised. And she asked him, you mean to say that that is what he's doing all the time? For thousands of years? To create the whole universe only took him six days. And to do that takes him so many thousands of years? So Rabbi Yossi Bachalafter answered, yes. And not only is he busy doing that all the time, but it's a very tough job as well. It is difficult for God to do so. As hard and as difficult as it was to split the sea when the Jewish people left Egypt. The woman said she doesn't understand. She dismissed Rabbi Yosef Achalafta, and she says, this, these things, they don't make sense. I, if that is what all that God, your God can do, I can do a better job, and I can do it faster. After he left, she brought in a thousand slaves, male slaves, and a thousand female slaves, and she put them both up in lines, and then she went down the line and said, you go with her, you go with him, you with her, you with him. And she matched them all off, a thousand couples, and sent them off, that's it. And there she figured, in less than a few minutes, she did more than it takes God, who knows how many days, weeks, months to do. The next morning, there was a big noise, big tumult. She comes out. Ah, tumult, all the slaves that she had matched off the night before. One with a bashed in head, one with a black eye, one with a broken hand, with a broken leg. Everybody there, palimumim, all over the place. What's happening here? What's going on here? So each one complained. I can't take him. I can't take her. They all started complaining, and she began to realize that the matter is not quite as simple. You can't just arbitrarily take things and put them together. When she met Rabbi Yossi Bachalafto again, she, she apologized for critical comments, and she said, now I see that Emes that your God is true, your Torah is true, whatever you have said was spoken well and true. This story, this anecdote is told to us by our sages, not just to entertain us, it's a nice, amusing story, but like all stories in the Medrash and in the Talmud, there is a moral, there is a lesson to be learned from it. And this story, too, teaches us a very profound lesson with regards to the principle of unity, the principle of oneness, a principle which is very crucial to Judaism, a principle which is at the root of the period of the year in which we find ourselves now, a principle which is fundamental to the day of Rosh Hashanah, the day when we proclaim God, that Melech Yoshef al Rom Meniso, the king sitting on his throne, exalted in all majesty. What does that mean? That there is one sovereign, there is one supreme being, and everything is subservient to him. We are all united in this consciousness 
of our subservience to God, that he is the master, that he is the one who who is doing the recording that is done on Rosh Hashanah. And it comes out even more so on Yom Kippur, when the very first thing we do, before we even start reciting Kol Nidre, we take out the Torah scrolls from the Ark, we constitute a Bezdin, a legal court, and we proclaim a legal decision that Aldas HaMokam, Aldas HaKohol, by authority of God and by authority of the community, we grant permission to pray along with the sinners. That's the first step, the first thing we do in Yom Kippur. Why? Because the Gemara tells us that Kol Tanis, any fast day, or according to another version, Kol Tfilo, any prayer, which does not include the prayers of the renegades of Israel, the sinners, is a worthless fast day, is meaningless prayer. If we cannot get together those who, would be, who are in need of these prayers and this forgiveness of this fast day, more so than the tzaddikim, then what's the whole point? What's the whole purpose? And we are going still a step further as we reach the Yontif of Sukkot, when we have the mitzvah of the Dalad Minim, the four species, the Esrik, the Lulav, the Hadassim, the Arorois, of which our sages tell us that they symbolize four types of Jews. The Esrik, Yesh Batam, Yesh it has flavor, it has a good smell, it symbolizes the Tzaddikim, those people who are filled with Torah, filled with mitzvahs, filled with Maisim Tovim. The Lulav, from a date tree has fruit which can be enjoyed but there's no smell it symbolizes people who are full of Torah but they are lacking in Maisim Tovim they're lacking in mitzvahs the Hadassim, the myrtles they symbolize the people who smell nice they're full of mitzvahs but they're lacking in Torah and the Arorois, the willow branches they have neither no Torah, no mitzvahs comes Torah and says on this Yontif I want you to take all four species and all four have to be taken together. If one of them is missing, not just the Esrik, if I have an Esrik and I have a Lulav and I have the Adasim, I have all the greatest people I could possibly imagine, but I lack the Arovois, I lack the willow branches, those who have no Torah, no mitzvahs at all, my Esrik is worthless. I can't recite a brocha, I cannot fulfill the mitzvah of the Dalit meaning of the four species. So right through the whole month of Tishrei, from the very first day of Rosh Hashanah. The very first day of Rosh Hashanah, when in the Shemun we begin to recite the theme of the months, they shall all form together one bond, one unity, one group, to do your will. Right through to the end of the months is the theme of unity, the theme of Achtus Israel, the theme of the unity of Israel, of the people of Israel, which includes literally everybody. So much so that even people that normally we would not associate with, we would try to avoid them, even worse than the Arovois, worse than the willow branches. We make a legal declaration of the whole service of Yom Kippur. Without it, Yom Kippur is worthless. As a matter of fact, this theme starts not only with Rosh Hashanah, it already begins before Rosh Hashanah. It begins every year on the last Shabbos of the year the last message of the year which concludes the preceding year and introduces the new one 
is likewise. Atem nitzovim hayoyim kulchem lifnei Hashem lekeichem. You stand this day, all of you, before God. Rosheichem shifteichem from the leaders of your tribes, all the way down, going through all the ten categories of people, to choytef eitzecho and shoyef memecho, those who chop the wood and draw the waters. From the highest, the greatest, the saintliest, the most pious and the most learned, all the way down to the lowest we can imagine, those who are referred to choytef eitzecho, the shwebi can introduce it. This is the last Pasha of the year, every year the Pasha that is read before Rosh Hashanah. This is the theme of unity. But going back to our story, we see that unity, a shidduch, mezavik zivugim, to put together things is not a simple matter. It is not a simple matter of just simply saying, well, since there has to be unity, since there has to be oneness, so let's just pack them all together Let's go all hand in hand and finished. That woman tried it and the result was not successful. Unity is the most important principle in Judaism. Beginning with a declaration we make twice a day. Hashem Malakeinu Hashem Echot. The unity of God. Unity of God which comes second to only one thing, namely existence of God. But second, and last, because from that unity of God follows the unity of the universe. Rambam Maimonides spends a whole long chapter in his Moira Nevuchim, in his Guide for the Perplexed, to show how the universe is really one unit. How the universe can be compared to a human body, a human organism, in which each part, each organ is interrelated and interacting with every other part. And he says, this is not merely some kind of a homily, this is not merely some kind of interesting observation. He says, this is very important to know. It is very significant because it helps us understand how oneness can come out. That since God is one, his work also exemplifies and demonstrates unity. It also has oneness. It is the principle of unity, not only in the universe, but also specifically so with regards to Klali soil. That principle of unity which Hillel Azokain took to be Kola Kulo. When he was asked by a would-be convert, teach me the whole Torah while standing on one foot. What did Hillel answer him? The Aloch Soni Lechavo Chaltavit. What is hateful to you, do not do to another. This is Kola Kulo, he says, the totality of Torah. The Idor Pirusho, the rest is merely commentary. Again, the principle of Avasi soil. The mitzvah of to love a fellow man like ourselves, of which Rabbi Akiva later said, after Hillel, this is the great principle, the fundamental principle of the whole Torah. But my friends, unity is not a simple thing. It's important, it's all comprehensive, it's fundamental, it takes in everything, everything hinges on it. Denial of unity of Klali soil, denying of unity of the world, is implicitly a denial of the unity of God. This goes hand in hand. It goes together. Denying the one automatically denies the other. Where then did that woman go wrong? What then is the complexity, the difficulty, that God has, that God has to sit busy for hundreds and thousands of years. Because where there has to be unity, there has to be a common denominator. If there is no common denominator, then it will not hold. 
it will have to fall apart. You can't take opposites or contradictions and try and put them together. There are things which are mutually exclusive, and no effort in the world will ever succeed putting it together. Another story. Rabbi Shimon Berabeloza, one of the great sages of the Talmud, we are told once was sitting on his donkey, taking a nice stroll along the beach pond. He was very happy. And he felt very proud of himself. Because he had learned a great deal of Torah. He had just left the base of Medrash. He had learned a great deal, got really immersed, was Mechadish Ridushim, really ascended very high on the ladder of scholarship. And he felt really good, happy and proud of himself. And while riding there on his donkey, immersed in his thoughts about himself, his happiness, his pride, suddenly he sees Odom Mechur Bayosa, a man who was exceedingly ugly. So ugly that it stunned Rabbi Shimon Ben Rabbi Loza. He had never seen anything like it. The man comes closer to him and says to him, Sholom Olecho, Moiri Verabi. Peace unto you, Rabbi. Rabbi Shimon Ben Loza was so flabbergasted by the man's looks, he just ignored this greeting, looks at him and exclaims, How ugly is this man? Tell me, sir, are all the people, all the inhabitants in your city as ugly as you are? He wasn't being sarcastic. He was really wondering. Maybe he comes from a special place where everybody looks like that. The man looks at him and he answers calmly, he says, Frankly, I don't know. As for my ugliness, he says, I have a suggestion to you. Leich le'uman she'osani. Why don't you go to the artisan who has made me? Ve'emoyeloi and say to him, Kamo mechua kli she'osiso. How ugly is this vessel that you have made? Rabbi Shimon ben Eloza caught on immediately that he had done here something terrible. He went off his donkey and he asked him, please forgive me. But the man said, no. I will not forgive you. I insist that you now go to the master, to the artisan, the craftsman who has made me, who has fashioned me, and go and tell him, come, Momachua, please, how ugly is this vessel which you have made? And he walked away. And Rabbi Shimon ben Eloza, he just followed him till they came to a city. And all the people saw Rabbi Shimon ben Eloza coming. They all came out, a big welcoming committee. Boruch Abo, Sholom Aleichem, Moreinu Verabeinu, great rabbi. The man asked, who are you greeting thus? Who are you welcoming? I said, don't you know? Look behind you. Do you know who is there? You know this great man? He's a great rabbi. And the man said, if that is a rabbi, I hope there are no more like him. Why? And he told me the story. So they told him, look here, he's a great man. So he failed. People make mistakes. Forgive him. So he says, all right, I'll forgive him but on condition that he will not do so anymore, that he'll watch himself. And Rabbi Shimon also promised it, and then Rabbi Shimon also came out with a different saying than the one that Rabbi Hoshander mentioned before, Talmud Chochem has to be kosher kabazel, so Rabbi Shimon also then says that every person has to be rach kakano, has to be as soft and weak as a reed that lets itself be bent. And there's no contradiction between the two, but that's not for tonight. 
Here again, a very interesting story. Rashi and Tosis on that passage in the Gemara say that there is an old version which they found in which it is said that this ugly man was none other but the prophet Elijah. Eliyahu Novi, who came and wanted to teach Rabbi Shimon ben Elozer a lesson because it become full of ourselves, immersed in ourselves, that we forget about others and we start judging things just the way we see it and forget about reality. And therefore he came to teach him a lesson. He should know in the future. But by the same token, this lesson of that story goes much deeper, goes much further, and relates to the first story about this woman and the Shiduchim. This man's reply, Leich le'uman sheosani, go to the craftsman who has made me, and complain to him, kamo mechua klize, how ugly is this vessel that you have made. What does that teach us? It teaches us basically that we are all creatures of God whoever it may be, whether we are talking about Rabbi Shimon ben Eloza, talking about the, whether we are talking about an Avromavino, or whether we are talking indeed, as other commentators note in this passage, what did Rabbi Shimon ben Eloza see? He saw an ugliness which did not reflect physical ugliness, but spiritual ugliness. He saw something in that man's face, in this man's demeanor, in this man's behavior, something which was wrong, a spiritual ugliness. Even that person which has spiritual ugliness still is a creature of God. You don't like it? Go to the craftsman and complain up there. This indeed is the meaning also that we find in Pirkei Ovois when the same Hillel Azokin says to us that we should all be of the disciples of Aaron. I have Sholem to love peace, the Reudev Sholem pursue peace, to love creatures and bring them close to Torah. Strange choice of words there. As it says in Ovest Rabbi Nosin, it doesn't say love righteous people. Love scholars. No, the word that he chose is Briois. What does Briois mean? Briois means creatures. Briois is a term which denotes Something which has nothing to say for itself except for one thing and one thing only, namely that it is a creature. What means a creature? A creature of God. It was created by God. They have nothing more to show for themselves. And of these, Hillel Azokin says that Aaron Hakoyen, the high priest, he involved himself with he loved everybody, anybody, including those people who have nothing to show for themselves whatsoever except for the mere fact that they have been created by God. And that is a fact, a factor, which includes all of us. If there is a common denominator which compels upon us, which compels us, it is precisely because of this, as indeed that verse in the Torah concludes. Love your fellow man like yourself. Why? Why should I love him? What have I got to do with him? Because Ani Hashem, I am God. What means I am God? I am the one who made you and I am the one who made him. There is a common denominator between you. And that should tie you together. And still, even though there is this common denominator, which obligates us to love our fellow creatures, 
which puts certain responsibilities upon us in our relationship to others. Without the others, we are not complete. We cannot approach God even for Kol Nidre. Without the Avaryonim, without the sinners in our midst, without the sinners participating in our prayers. We cannot use the Esrek, this beautiful fruit symbolizing perfection. Perfection in, in Torah, perfection in mitzvahs, perfection in Maisim Toivim, perfection in everything that is dear to God. That Esrek is worthless, is meaningless without the Arovois. A willow branch which you can find in any backyard, any front yard, anywhere, wherever you go. Empty creatures, nothing, who have nothing but what? Creatures of God. And still, that woman could not put those slaves together. They're creatures of God, but union goes further than that. To love somebody, to do something for somebody, to have responsibilities for another is one thing. To be able to become unified, that it should become one, one unit, that's a different story. For that we need more content. And even for the mitzvah of Avasi soil, we still also need the Ani Hashem, that we have this component of the Neshama which all of us share, this divine component which is our common denominator. But for a Shidduch, to be able to live together, to work together, to act together, in every respect, there has to be more content. And thus the Prophet says, do not call a Kesha a bond, everything that people call a Kesha, that everything that people call a bond. When we talk about unity within the Jewish community, it's the most important thing. Ato Echot, you are one, Beshimcho Echot, your name is one, Umi Ka'amcho Ke Yisrael Go Echot, and who is like your people, like Israel, one nation. Very important. And yet, even unity also has guidelines. Unity is not an easy job. It takes God hundreds and thousands of years to put together Zivugim. Why is it so hard? Because he has to find common denominators. Unity does not mean that we all have to mesh, we all have to become one. When God found a helpmate for Adam, God said, I will make a helpmate for him. Connectoi. Connectoi literally means opposite him. And here our sages have a cute comment. Zohar, if we merit, if we are lucky, then the Shidduch, our wife, will be an Ezer, a helpmate. Loi Zohar, if God forbid we are not lucky, then it is Connectoi. It will be opposite. There are going to be fights. It will not last. But this presents a difficulty, which somehow nobody has ever covered. The Torah still says Ezer Kenegdoi. What is the one who teaches Ezer going to do with the word Kenegdoi? And what is the one who interprets the word Kenegdoi doing with the word Ezer? I think there's no difficulty there at all. God does not want husband and wife to be one. That's silly. It's boring. Opposites attract. Opposites is a challenge. For that matter, if we are both exactly the same, there's nothing there. Two people are, cannot be the same. Husband and wife are connectoi, they are opposites. But it depends on the approach of Zoho if he merits. If you recognize that these opposites, not opposites in the sense of mutually exclusive, but different entities in which the one complements the other, in which the one has something which the other one does not have, and the other one has something which you do not have, and as you go together, you create here a unit 
which in unison creates a completely new entity, then it is Asa. When you appreciate the connector, the otherness in the other person, and you value that, then it will be Asa. But if you only look for the Asa, you only look for the help, what can she do for me? What can he do for me? Then it will only be connector. That is all that is left. So a unity, a, shi a shidduch, mezavik zivugim, is difficult because we are taking different entities and we have to match them together that the one complements and the one supplements the other. We have to recognize the common denominator. Leich le'umen shosani, go to the craftsman who has made me. We have all been made by God. There is a unifying factor that binds us all together. And yet we have to appreciate also the differences between us, the otherness that is between us. But even in this sameness, as well as in the otherness, there also are guidelines. There are certain things which can be put together and there are other things which cannot be put together. And that is where this woman failed and that is the great wisdom of God that he is Yoshe from Mezabek Zivugim, so much time it takes him so much difficulty. We hear lately a lot in the press and in discussions about the disunity, the dissension within the Jewish community. One of the greatest factors that continuously comes up in this matter is the question of Mir Yehudi, who is a Jew. The issue, a burning issue, has been for the past 15, 16 years, in which we find certain camps within the Jewish community at opposite ends, fighting. There is a fact of reality that the Jewish community is divided. We have what is called the Orthodox, whatever that means, we have what is called reform, whatever that means, and we have what is called conservative, reconstructionist, and who knows what all these other things mean. Hey, look here. The fact of reality is that the Jewish community is split. We have so many different organizations. We have so many different religious groups, so many different ideologies. There are so many people who are organized in this temple, in this synagogue, in this shul, in whatever it may be. Why can we not live in peace and harmony with one another? Let each one do his own thing. Why can we not have pluralism? Pluralism means that we have many streams running parallel to one another. Why can we not simply respect one another and live in peace and harmony? Live and let live. And then come, of course, the Orthodox, the other troublemakers always, and they create dissension. And they say, no, we will not recognize the reform. We will not recognize the conservative. The reconstructionists, and therefore we create dissension. We are in a time.